All right, welcome everyone to episode 43 of Ancient Ways, Far Modern Days. I am Andrew, and with me today, as always, is Pastor Mike Freeman. Mike, it is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. How are you doing, man? Hey, uh, good morning, Andrew. I am, I'm actually doing great yeah. for a few reasons. I mean, Thanksgiving was awesome. I, I walked in, I, I told you as I walked in today, I just submitted a a final paper for a seminar I was taking. And That's right. Was you're still, you're working on your, your PhD or your master's? No, you're, you've already have your master's. Yeah, I do. So. Yeah. You're working on the next level of education. Yeah. And so it's, it's a pretty fun paper, okay. but it was, uh, it's been 10 years since I've done a research paper. Okay. And it was, it wasn't a giant one. It was 5,000 words, but it felt good hitting that submit button before walking in here today. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, you know, it's good that you're on top of things like that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we've had uh, Stephen Hall and myself step into the pulpit for you is to give you that 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 leeway. On top of – I just want to give this a shout-out. We, we, I love that you are so open to having multiple preachers in, in multiple voices in the church. Um, we did not plan on this conversation, but I just want to give a shout-out to that because I, I was talking to my mom. Mm-hmm. over Thanksgiving. And my mother right now, she watches our services online because her church isn't meeting and the way they're doing it, they just haven't got it together yet to do anything online. And she loves hearing the different voices and the different perspectives. And she she enjoys your preaching. She she's okay with mine. <laughs> but something about Mr. Hall was well, she just it just resonated with her. She oh, got so excited. And I told her, you know, one of the guiding philosophies is we understand that different personalities, different voices connect with different people and we yeah. wanna hallmark that. Absolutely. So hey, thanks for, for thanks for not being one of those uh juggernaut pastors that's like, this is my bullet. Oh man, <laughs> I, I love different voices. And, you know, one of the greatest things about having different people preach is it's the same gospel. Yeah. And I just rejoice every time someone else is preaching and they, they're sharing the gospel. It's like my, my heart does a fist pump in the air, you know, it's like, yeah. cause it's, you know, it's, it's the, the, the one gospel that we have is the same and to have different people explain it different ways. It resonates with different people, connects with different people and, and God, God honors that. And also, it gives me some breathing room for other ministry and academic pursuits. You know, I, I know we didn't plan on going here, but but my goal every year is is to hit forty weeks. Yeah. Right? Preach forty out of fifty two. That means you have one different voice every month, and that way it's not um, my voice is the sole authority. You know, some churches, what happens is if you have one guy preaching fifty two weeks of the year, he becomes the only authority, right, right? and the only voice people listen to. That's not healthy for a church. That's why God calls to have a plurality of elders, mm-hmm. right? To have different voices leading. And so we're blessed at Valley. You know, we've got some uh, some men that preach and that preach well. And so uh, Stephen, actually, it's kind of fun when he preached. He does this, uh, like this pastoral smile while he preaches. It's just like the most warming thing. It's just like he's looking at you and like wrapping his arms around you. Like, I, I care I care for you, you know? Maybe, maybe that's I, what spoke to my mom. Was maybe that, it that is. smile. Yeah. So... <laughs> so. Uh, that's cool. I didn't mean to take you off topic, but uh, I just, it's always exciting to me to be a part of a team. I, I remember when I was in seminary and we were looking at different models of churches. And I, one of the things that were becoming more and more common was like, hey, there is a lead pastor, but the idea is he's a lead pastor with a team of pastors. And when I read that, I was like, I would rather be a part of that. 
you know, because we have different strengths. Anyway, it, it that's been feeling really good lately. Let, let's go back to the multiple reasons why you're thankful and happy about Thanksgiving. I, sorry, well, I, I didn't mean to. No, it's us. good, and I also say I'm thankful for you, man. You did a good job last night, Thanks, and man. Uh, you, you handled the text really well. And uh, it was kind of fun as I'm sitting there and I'm seeing how uh, how much context from the the scripture you were pulling into it. Like that was. Uh, for me, I was like, Andrew's handling this text really, really well. And so that was super encouraging to me. And so I guess I'll uh, give you a shout out on air. Good job, bud. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, it, it, it was an okay job. You know? <laughs> As my mother would say, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> no, it was good. So, I did get a message from my mom cause she watched and she's like, Hey, where do you get all these shirts? And I, <laughs> cause she saw the last time I spoke, I also wore that flamingo shirt. And then last night I wore that reptar shirt and, uh, you know, I just thank you, Mike, because you're like, Andrew, you should get more button-up shirts. And I did. I got more button-up shirts. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because uh, I, I got up really early this morning. And I was writing out my plan for the week. And, and so tomorrow on my agenda is a conversation with you. Oh, no. About your shirt. So, oh, no. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so what are, what are the other reasons you were thankful for, or I guess excited about this week? or, or Oh, man. Things? Um you know, I just, we had a great Thanksgiving. We, our plan was to have my parents and Jessica's parents down, Jessica's family down, my brother, one of my brothers and, and, uh, and all of that fell through. Uh, no one wanted to gather. Right. Yeah. Well, and, um, and so we, uh, just had a family day mm-hmm. and it was just really enjoyable. We, we always get a new, uh, b- board game or card game or something for Thanksgiving. And so we got, uh, Ella loves pandemic. And so we got pandemic rapid response, which is a kind of a, a twist on the pandemic game. And it, you know, COVID-19 2020 pandemic seemed like an appropriate game for us to play. And so we played that and, um, we got some other fun games we play, some old ones we bring out. This game called Ultimate Soldier and then uh, Boss Monster. Our kids really dig oh, that. Oh, yeah, Boss Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we had some good games to play. We watched, I think we watched some movies. I don't really remember, but yeah, it was, it was good. That's cool. I, uh, we, I went up to go see my mom, and it was just the four of us. Dad, my mom, Alex, and I. And normally there's like a big family get-together, but no one really wanted to get together. And that's fine. I actually really enjoyed having a small Thanksgiving because we we didn't have a gross amount of leftovers, and we got to just chill. We ended up watching Tombstone. At, yeah, at, yeah. I so I didn't remember that. That's like I guess one or maybe is your favorite movie. It's one of them. I, uh, it's, it's I think I think it was either. I think it was Alex that remembered that that he he mentioned that towards the end of the the movie when we were watching it. I had never seen it before. I just remember when I went on vacation, our stepdad showed me a couple clips of it. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And my heart was like to spend time with him. So I was like, hey, man, if he likes this movie, let's go ahead and watch it. And I was just engrossed it's by a fun movie. that movie. There's a lot of act, like well-known actors now. Yeah. In, yep. I mean, I, I don't know if they're well-known in 1993, but... Val Kilmer, the, Kurt Russell, the, yeah. those were big names back then. And Billy Bob Thornton is mm-hmm. in it. Uh, uh, the guy who played Kyle Reese from Terminator... Uh, Michael Bean. Michael Bean's in that as Ringo. Okay. And it, it, I just saw all these actors, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this movie is star-studded. So I, I don't know what the rating is on that movie, but I, I recommend it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That was you, a good you, movie. You're going to skin that smoke wagon or just stand there and bleed? <laughs> what, what part is that? <laughs> That's the part where Wyatt goes in and starts uh, slapping the guy around at the Pharaoh table. Oh. And it's kind of a Kirk dude and uh, yeah, takes yeah. over, and he smacks him, and the guy's like, talking a big game and slaps him again. That's Billy Bob Thornton. And he was chubby. 
I didn't really. That's Billy Bob Thornton. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. He's a chubby Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. <laughs> it, it's pretty good. It is good. And I, I just love Val Kilmer in that whole mm-hmm. thing as Doc Holliday. Just every time he said, I'm your Huckleberry, I just thought that was the funniest thing. It got to the point that like, I realized that because he's dying of tuberculosis, he has a uh, doesn't care attitude. Yeah. So I just kept telling my brother, like, man, TB makes you cool. Just like... Just living your life recklessly like that. Anyway, that was my Thanksgiving. So good times, man. Yeah. So with Thanksgiving over, uh, Mike, we are we're going into the Advent season, and we thought it would be appropriate to kind of talk about maybe practices of the church for Advent season, but also uh, we've introduced the Advent candles, right, coming into to, to Valley and stuff. So I thought maybe we could take some time to talk about that. And maybe just as a church, start to get our hearts really engaged with with this season. Yeah, you know, this is kind of an opportunity for us to slow down and just talk about this because um, we're introducing something new to the life of the church, and uh, some people have done stuff like this before, mm-hmm. and it, some are very familiar with it, some are not, and especially because of you know COVID, and so, so many people are not able to come right now, or they haven't come back, and they're relying only on like online. Um, it's it's kind of hard to communicate everything we want to communicate, and to make sure we're filling some of those gaps between what, what's really going on and why we're doing this stuff. And so, we just thought we'd take a time today and walk through what what are Advent candles, and um, and how do you put these into practice if you want in in your church service or in your home, right? Yeah. And so the word Advent, it simply means coming. And so when we talk about Advent, we're talking about the, the coming of Christ, specifically the first coming, right? When he when he came, uh, was born of a virgin, right? Um, kind of makes us think a little bit about the creed, which is the series we're in right now. Yeah. And so Jesus's first coming is incarnation. And so we anticipate a second coming, his second Advent, but we want to remember his first coming. And because because of that, we have the gospel, his his life, his perfect life, his death as a substitute for us, his burial, and then his resurrection to give us life. And so we, we just kind of say, man, we, we want to celebrate Jesus and his coming. And so we do that in different ways. You know, our Christmas celebrations, our gift giving, our hanging of lights, all of the mm-hmm. festivities that we do that really remind us of the, the gift of Christ. But uh, Advent candles, at least for for my family, it slow, slows us down and it creates some family time where we remember together. And so the Advent candle is usually, there's five of them. A lot of times you can get them and they go like on a wreath or something like that. And uh, these five candles each symbolize kind of a theme of the season. And they're lit progressively one week after another during the four weeks of Advent. And then the final one, the fifth one, you light during Christmas Eve. And so it kind of works all together in a way that just directs you to think about each week a different theme Mm -hmm. in conjunction with celebrating the Advent or Christ's coming, right? And so they're color-coded typically. And so the first candle is a, it's a purple candle and um, it's oftentimes called the candle of hope. Sometimes it's called the candle of prophecy or the candle of preparation. All these words kind of go together though, right? Because it's the candle that remembers the Old Testament prophets and their the hope that they had or the the promise that was given that that Christ would come. Right. Is this the Old Testament looking forward to the coming of the Messiah? Exactly. Okay. And so um, tonight is the first Sunday of Advent. Mm-hmm. And so it's November 29th. And so tonight in our household, we'll gather together and we'll take the first candle and we will light it. 
Now we add on to it. We've talked about this before. Kind of a, a devotional reading from mm-hmm. um, Jotham's journey with it, and you don't have to do that if if you want to do that. It's really great. Um, but typically, what we'll do is we'll light that candle, and then uh, and then we'll sing a line of a Christmas carol or a hymn, um, and then typically Jessica will pray. Uh, I'll have her pray. I'll kind of lead in conversation, and then she'll pray. Um, and then what we do also, as well as having that one kind of in our living room uh, Advent candle, the kids each have a tea light candle, and they get to light that on their own. Oh, that's cool. And then um, usually Asher goes to bed before the older two, but then uh, he gets to carry that candle up to his bedroom. And then when we tuck him out in, he blows that out. And so it kind of just makes it personal for him as well. Yeah. And really, I mean, the kids, they just, they anticipate it. I mean, honestly, as, as a dad, I can be like, oh, it's just a candle, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's it's really special. It's really a big deal. And so that's the first candle, the, the, the candle of hope. Then the next week uh, is the candle of, of peace. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we line the candles up. Other people do them like in a circle on the wreath or whatever, but we line them up. And so the first candle is an outer candle. It's purple. The next candle is an outer candle, which is purple also. And this is the candle of peace. And so we just recognize that when Jesus came, we, there's this declaration of peace to, to those with whom God is pleased, right? And so you go from uh, promise or preparation or hope to now, well, because Christ is born, we have we have peace. And this is, um, I mean, this is the kind of theme in the Christian faith that you can talk about every single week, right? Especially when there's tumultuous times and uncertainty, especially when what is that like? circumstances are challenging yeah. and you can stop and say, you know what, because of Christ, I have this peace that it, as Philippians says, it transcends understanding, right? It, it surpasses uh, my ability to understand because the peace of God, it guards my heart and it guards my mind. And so the, the second candle, you, you just, when you light it, you can read some scripture in our Advent guide that we send out, which we'll have available digitally mm-hmm. with this podcast, I think. Um, but we actually mailed those out to everyone that's kind of connected to Valley in, in some way. We mailed those out this last week. Um, and so, uh, it actually gives you a, an example passage you can read as a family. It gives you a description of the kind of peace we have in Christ. And so what we'll do as our family next week is we'll actually, we'll light the, the candle of hope every night this week. And then next week when we go on Sunday night to light the candle of hope, we'll also light the candle of peace. And so now you kind of get the images. Okay, now I've got one candle for one week and now I've got two candles for the next week. And it's kind of cool because now our, our hope candle is, is burnt down a little bit. And so now we start with the candle of peace. And so that's week one mm-hmm. and then week two. And then week three, it's actually, you change colors now. And week three, you light, it's usually a red or like a, a pink candle. And this is the candle of joy. Um, and so joy, unspeakable joy, you know, the, you know, joy to the world, all of the, the proclamation of the angels along with peace is also the proclamation of joy. And so right. as your family, if you have these candles, you light the candle, you know, third week, candle of hope, candle of peace. And now you, in addition, you light that candle of joy. The interesting thing about the tradition of the candle of joy is it's, it's red or, or pink, different color. And the, the, the color, the symbolism actually is meant to be for the blood of the martyrs. And you're thinking, wait, 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 joy and martyrdom. Uh, you, you know, my first time learning about this, I was kind of like, I think they could have picked a different color. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the reason why they include this symbolism of red or pink and, and really this acknowledgement of, of martyrdom and of those who have given their life for, for the sake of the gospel, for the name of Christ is because they do this. Why? 
for the joy that's set ahead of them. They do this because of no matter how bad things on earth can get, even if someone is to take your very life, mm-hmm. the joy that is eternal, that is waiting for you because of Advent, because of Christ and his first coming, it, it is it is eternal, right? And so it's kind of this, uh, this maybe a t- tension, right? We, we light this candle that it symbolizes um, suffering, but we light it because it symbolizes joy as well. And you know, that, that says something about like true faith, right? Yeah. Those who are willing and able to suffer for their faith, those who are willing to cling to Jesus in the worst of circumstance when maybe their life is even being threatened, that, that shows that their faith is, it is established. It, it's not just feeble. It's, it's not just weak or, you know, kind of a baby faith. It is a mature, rooted and grounded faith that says, I'm willing to lay it all down. And so that's, that's week three in the candle of, of, of joy. You still with me? Yeah. So then you get into the fourth week, and this is the week as, you know, Christmas is like right around the corner. Um, and depending on when Christmas falls, I mean, you could be lighting this and the next day could be Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And so this candle is the, another purple candle and it's the candle of love. And so the candle of love, you light that. Oh, well, why? Why did Christ come? Well, God loved and he gave, right? right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so we light this candle as a candle of love and we, we can symbolically remember, okay, well, what does this mean? This means that God loves me. This means that Christ loves me. This means now that the love of God, Romans 5, has been poured into my heart by the Holy Spirit. And so there's this, this understanding of love, but this understanding of love, it's rooted in, in the triune God, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Spirit for me, in me, and through me, which is really what for believers Christmas should be about is not just, oh, God loves me. And so I'm going to gather all this stuff for myself. And it's, it's really about me. No, no, no. The, the Christmas in it for a believer is the love that we have been given that we want to show toward others. This is, you know, part of that Advent guide. The heart behind it is it gives some ideas of how people can love their community, of how people can, you know, I, I encourage people to think through even their giving, like, hey, maybe instead of giving someone a gift, um, you, you can write them like a, a heartfelt, genuine note of appreciation yeah. for the things you see in their life. Yeah. That, we just mentioned that like last week. That's right. Yeah. Thankfulness, right? And so this kind of this, it, it all builds, right? And so you have this this hope or this anticipation and that, that leans into peace, which now leads into joy, even in suffering. And then that that kind of, it almost culminates. It's like the, the almost the pinnacle, uh, which is love, and then on Christmas Eve, as a family, you, you light each of those candles successively. And then you, the capstone is lighting the Christ candle. And this is the white candle in the very center. And this is the candle that really we're, you, you, you celebrate. All of this is about not even, the, not even the hope that I have, not even the peace that I have, not even the joy that I have, not even the love that I have. All of this is really about Christ and his coming. And, and who he is and what he has done and now what he deserves. Praise and glory and honor forever and ever. Amen, right? And so again, for our family, we light these candles successive weeks. Each night, you know, we light it every night and then we just add one every week. And then we also do those little tea light candles for our kids to make it a little bit more meaningful and just kind of, I guess, I don't know, tailored to us it's kind of a fun way to do it you know what i like about this is that i it it does kind of hallmark the christmas season dude i don't have a family and i don't have like 
media, like I don't have friends that get have kids at the moment that I spend a lot of time with. Wow. And I feel like, (laughs) wow. Okay. (laughs) But now I know where I stand. That's right. (laughs) What I'm getting at is like, you know, like I feel like when I was a kid in school, it really felt like the Christmas season because like every craft, every thing that we're doing when you were like a part of a, a music program in school, like you're just getting ready. Like Christmas music was everywhere and doing all that stuff. Dude, when you live in a house with like two other single dudes, like the last two years, we have never put up a Christmas tree. We haven't put up Christmas lights. We don't do stuff like anything Christmas related is church stuff, right? And which is fun, but then usually it involves like a lot of white elephants or other things. This year, I've been really thinking more about just significance and focusing on these amazing traditions and the heart behind them, not doing them for the sake of traditions, but for doing them for the sake of what they represent and for that time to set aside some moments to contemplate Christ and his coming and our faith in him. And so what I like about this is like, this is a regular practice for people to just slow down, to meditate on Christ, his coming and his impact on the world. And I, I think doing something like this really enhances the Christmas season. I, I think in our, I don't know, I, I almost want to say postmodern world, but I don't think that's necessarily relevant to this. But in our world right now, we are just so upset or we're so annoyed with the uh, commercialism of Christmas. I hear people talk about that all the time. This is an amazing opportunity to kind of strip it all back and just focus on what Christmas is meant to be about. Uh, that's a great observation. I, th- I think you're right because in our world today, people, they're, they're seeking the transcendent. They're, they're seeking something bigger and more meaningful than just the, the stuff that we can get our fingers on, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a tradition that helps with that. And I think another important aspect is, is this is usually done in high churches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a Baptist church. Yeah. We're, we're not a highly liturgical church. We're not a super formal church. You know, I, I don't wear a robe when I preach, right? Like the, none of that stuff. So and actually, let's take a moment. Can you define high church really quick? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand. Yeah, that. so that, that's the idea of they, they have a liturgy. Right, like, like they the have, old ancient traditional. They have a, a church calendar that they follow mm-hmm. that, you know, almost like it it um, it determines what they preach and all of that, right? Yeah. It, it, they, they, ha- they rely heavily on tradition, sometimes even more than on the scripture. Right. And so typically one of the, the contrasts is we would say as a, you know, a, a independent church as an autonomous church, um, is that we, we don't, we don't have any of those traditions that bind us. We are bound by the scripture, right? right? We want to make sure we're bound by the scripture. And, uh, and sometimes when a church does that, we throw off all tradition. Mm-hmm. We say, well, because we're only bound by the scripture, like, let's get rid of all tradition, right? But that isn't always that most healthy thing. Um, you, you can lose some meaning. Mm-hmm. And so this is an, an introduction of some tradition, not just for tradition's sake. Because I wonder if some people can go to a high church and they can do the Advent candles and they can just be so disconnected from meaning. Right. Because it's just, uh, it's just going through the motions. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because I think, you, you know what's interesting? You and I, both being millennials... We, I, I grew up in a church culture where it was very popular, and it is very popular for millennials to kick back against the idea of tradition. Growing up, for me, growing up in a Southern Baptist church, uh, a lot of my spiritual formation has a lot to do with being anti-tradition. Like, let's not be traditional. We need to move forward with the gospel and all these things like that. But as I've gotten older, I've started to realize 
I need to draw a distinction between tradition for the sake of tradition, as in like, we traditionally have pews, we traditionally have stained glass, we traditionally, those are things that we pushed against. But the reason why we pushed against them is because we lost the meaning behind them. I think picking up these traditions, not for the sake of doing tradition, is, is what we're getting at. But what's more important is getting to the why behind the tradition. So if these things help us just to meditate and to contemplate and to consider Christ more often, then let's go ahead and do it. I, I would argue if someone's lighting candles just for the sake of lighting candles right now, you've completely missed the point of what this opportunity is. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to see more value in tradition. I guess more specifically, these high church traditions, when we actually take the time to contemplate what the meanings are behind these things. Yeah. I mean, you think about the series we're in Creed right now. That was a, a uh, you know, the reading of the creed is something a lot of churches do mm-hmm. and they do it without meaning, you know, and some do it with meaning, right? Don't get me wrong. Right. But you can easily get into the, the habit where you're reading that every week and you're, you're just checked out during it. Right? right. But if you've gone through a series where you've, you've heard the, the biblical like doctrine behind each of these phrases, mm-hmm. and now you're able to say this with this, this kind of this truckload of meaning this wealth of knowledge and rich doctrine man when when i read that now every one of those words it's saturated with truth and meaning and and brings me great great hope and great joy like this is this is what we believe you know and Mm -hmm. so in in a sense that's kind of what we're we're introducing with the advent calendar right now it's going to be cool i i'm excited to be a part of that i i know for me this year i'm challenged to to do more to contemplate on Christ and not to just do the status quo Christmas stuff. I, I think meaning when we, when we look for significance, it's about investing and slowing down, not just like waiting for some Christmas miracle <laughs> to happen. And so I, I'm very excited for this, this Christmas season. That actually reminds me, that's, that's actually what we watched on, uh, on not miracle on 34th street on Chris on uh, Thanksgiving. We watched it's a wonderful life. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it brought tears to my eyes, man. It's hard not to tear up a little bit on that one. I've never watched that. I'll have to do that. I don't think I've watched it in entirety. Okay. And, uh, is that the one with the kid with the BB gun? No. Okay. That's a Christmas story. Okay. I haven't watched that either. So <laughs> no, this is old one. It's uh, Jimmy Stewart and, uh, oh man, you've never, yeah, you, you got to check it out. All right. I'll have to check it out. So, all right, Mike, thank you for your input on that. I'm, I'm hoping that as people listen to this, that they have taken the time or taken a moment to pick up some of the Advent candles. I know we have some here at the Heights, uh, at the PWC. They're, they're at the church office. Yeah, so, we want to make it really easy for people. And so what yeah. we did is we made little kind of Advent candle kits. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of a starter kit. We wanted to make it cost effective. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to give it a shot this year, and if you don't love it, then it only costs you like five bucks. Yep. Um, but if you love it, then you can kind of figure it out for yourself next year and, and upgrade or something like yeah. that. You know. But uh, if you're interested, reach out to the church office. Reach out to Andrew and reach out to me. We'll, we'll, we'll help you get connected. Let's say you're listening to this uh, podcast that's and you're not listening it to the day it comes out. Um, would you encourage them to still participate in the Advent lighting, I guess? Yeah. You know, I think if you listen to this and there's a few weeks left of Advent, I, I would get the candles. I'd give it a shot. Uh, you know, our Advent candle little um, kit, it comes with a... a like an overview, mm-hmm. you can just sit down and maybe you're a couple candles behind, but you, you know, it's Wednesday and you, you light the first two that you're behind and you read through it. And then the next Sunday you add one and I think it'd still be awesome. And, and, you know, if the purpose is meaning, 
then if, if you've missed a few weeks, you can still have meaning. Okay. Awesome. All right, Mike, let's, uh, let's, let's pray for the church and then uh, we'll, we'll call the day. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this season and uh, the celebration that we get to participate. We get to share in as we remember Christ, that he came, as we remember that, that he brings us this, this hope fulfilled. He brings us this peace that guards our hearts and minds, that he brings us joy even in suffering, that he is, he's given us this incredible love. And ultimately, we thank you because he's given us himself and it's, it's Christ that we want to honor. It's Christ that we want to bring glory to. It's Christ that we want to remember every day, not just during the Advent season, but for the entirety of our lives. And so, Father, I pray that by your spirit, you would help us to, to always be growing in Christ. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.